Whatever, Dave. Whatever, Dave. Whatever, Dave. Okay, say yeah, Dave. Whatever. Whatever, Dave. It's the Whatever Dave Radio Network. Wherever fine podcasts are ignored. It is the Daveless edition of Whatever Dave. Oh, thank goodness. I thought it would never happen. I thought that guy would never leave. Wow. Do we want to call today's episode Whatever Daveless or Wherever Ooh, Dave? Oh, yeah, I like that. Dave is stranded on an uh, on a small island in Lake Huron. <laughs> And uh, we are making a half-hearted effort to get him back home as soon as possible. And if it happens, it happens. If not, no big deal. I'm not too worried about it. But uh, we we put out uh, the link on my Facebook um, inviting anyone who wants to pop in between 7 and 7.30 when we record this on Thursday. I don't think anyone's going to pop in. But, you know, Rich, as you you always say, we're going to do what? We're going to uh, we're going to have our own party. Yeah, be our own party. Be our own party. Not yes. to correct you on your own quote. But no, you're right. That's how I remember. We're going to be our own party. Yeah. So for the next half hour, we're going to be our own party. <laughs> and Richard, I cannot tell you how happy I am that this Johnny Depp Amber oh Heard trial is over. Yeah. I feel like there's been like federal murder cases that have been shorter <laughs> than this six week extravaganza and like i said in the past everything i've learned about this case i've learned against my will mm-hmm. um did you hear that she now she's claiming she doesn't have the cash to give them she does it yeah senior news analyst chris renwick and i um did a little journalism we, we cracked the case mm. and we looked at her net worth uh, <laughs> before the verdict was read uh-huh. she has a network she had a net worth of eight million dollars oh boy so she doesn't have the 15 million dollars to pay johnny depp if i'm johnny depp i'm putting a kibosh on that uh, petition going around to get her out of aquaman because if she doesn't work he's not going to get his money that's true I no wonder she didn't give to that charity. Not, she needs her own charity herself. <laughs> she does. They need to form the Amber Heard Foundation. Right. <laughs> Heard across America. Heard across. Oh, now I love it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I'm happy with the outcome because they both kind of lost, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was, I was, I, I was hoping there was a way neither one could win. Sure. Obviously, Johnny Depp uh, won a little bit more. Um, He's awarded $15 million from Amber Heard, and Amber Heard is entitled to $2 million from Johnny Depp. And uh, the court has spoken, and I'm going to go with the court's court's word on this. But I do have to say, was it just me, or did it feel like a lot of people were Team Johnny Depp just because they liked him in Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, I would say that's true. Certainly all of those fans that were yeah. lining up there. I mean, not... You didn't see anybody who was like, you know, 50 or 60 years old. They were they were in their early 30s, 20s. Right. <laughs> the people who were supporting them who probably loved them in Pirates of the Caribbean. They must have been part of the Great Resignation because they had nowhere to be during uh, court hours on, oh on a weekday. And they were getting, you know, raffle tickets and they had to get special bracelets and all of that stuff. There was apparently more people showed up than could get into the place because it was standing room only in the courtroom yeah yeah but uh (laughs) that'd be something to see (laughs) i mean i said it before i i to me the impression i get with these two is they're both very toxic uh and very destructive and they they, something about that uh attracted them to each other and it also made them uh, destroy each other um you, you know obviously it seemed like Amber Heard was much more abusive than Johnny Depp, but you know, in the in the courtroom, I gotta say, his courtroom antics I feel would have gotten 
any normal person found in contempt or at least admonished by the judge. I would I would agree with that. He really didn't seem like he was taking it seriously. To me it was almost like he was he was taunting yeah. Amber Heard, which t- to me that's kind of abusive and should be off limits. Sure. In a court, I mean, he was doodling. Uh, he made a, he he made like a subversive fat joke about her on the uh, on the stand. Oh, I didn't know about that. It was that video going around where it says, "Mr. Depp, would you say that you're quite a bit bigger than Miss Heard?" And he goes, "I wouldn't say that." Oh, and he had a little smirk <laughs> oh, on his that's, face. That's what he meant. Yeah, uh, he was quoting his own movies and whispering to his lawyer like what a freaking yeah, there's a lot of shenanigans that wouldn't have ordinarily been tolerated yeah. i agree with you yeah and, and it has nothing to do with you know who was who was more abusive or 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 who defamed who more mm-hmm. i just thought he showed a, a, a lack of class in in courtroom decorum i would agree with that i think the both of them it's fair to say they both deserved each other yeah, and uh, who knows? You know, I've <laughs> I've seen people in mess messy relationships like this uh, go back to normal. Or go be, get back together. Oh, wow, well, that would be interesting. That would be. That well, would be something to see. Well, it's like uh, I think did did Rihanna and Chris Brown get back together after? Oh, that I, I don't know. I can't remember. But you know, I I, I do have a rule, Richard, that uh, when someone breaks up with somebody, mm-hmm. I never badmouth them because if they get back together, yeah, they get back together. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> I do the same. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, because I did it one time. They got back together and like, oh, well, we're not calling Mike. He doesn't like you. Mm, so got burned on that one. Yeah, I'm just happy as long as Rita. Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito have been able to stick it out. Because, you know, they separated very briefly and then got back together. Well, if they can't make it, then who can? I know. What hope is it for, for the rest of us? Ben Stiller and uh, Christine Taylor, they, they separated, then they got back together. Really good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Melanie from Hey Dude. Mm-hmm. My favesy performance yeah. from her. Yeah, big fan of hers. Oh, yeah. Young seven-year-old Mike. Yeah, let's get her up on the horn Yeah, let's here, get her huh? on the horn. Let's see. Hold on if I can do it. We were keeping this line clear for the uh, Coast Guard in case uh, they had any word on Dave, but... Uh, we got to get Melanie on the horn here. Yeah, we haven't heard from the Coast Guard, so we might as well get her up on the horn. I'm trying. Yeah. It doesn't look like they're going to allow I think me you accidentally call. knocked the radio station off the air. <laughs> no, I didn't, yeah. did I? Richard, let's start with your stack of stuff. Since Dave's here, you and I both have our own stack of stuff, and we're okay. just going to do some dueling banjos. Sure. So, uh, you first. Well, my Michael, Kristen Stewart's new movie apparently is so gross that audience members are walking out of it. Wow. What's gross? Like gross sex or like gross blood and guts? Gross blood and guts. It's directed by a guy named David Cronenberg. Okay. Who has a history of body horror oh. in films. If you recall The Fly, which we watched, which yes. disturbed you quite th- a bit, that, I think. Th- yeah, that was tough to watch. Did, uh, was he involved in The Human Centipede? No. Okay, that sounded <laughs> gross. It certainly did. Yeah. But I guess people have been, there. People are getting sick uh, within the first five minutes of the film screening at cons. People were walking out. And the director said that he, he had expected that to happen yeah. because it's a pretty intense film. He did that on purpose. He's like, I'm. so many directors nowadays are, are, are trying to make movies that people will want to see. He's going the opposite direction. He's, he's, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna start a genre uh, called movies people don't want to see. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he's been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. He's a Canadian filmmaker. He actually got his start... 
uh, making films funded by the Canadian government. I don't know how he propaganda films. No, you know they were featured films. I don't know how he convinced wow. them to do that. Do you know any of the? Are any of the films he made for the Canadian government uh, listed? I think Scanners was was financed really? by the Canadian government. Perhaps Slapshot yeah. or The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> that would be an unusual genre territory for him to explore. Yeah, but you know this brought me to a question I wanted to ask you. Uh, about movies mm -hmm. and television. I mm -hmm. guess we can incorporate that into the conversation. What is your threshold, Michael? What is your limit? What are you willing to sit through and not sit through? Um, well, you know, I'm not... I can sit and watch a horror movie of hundreds of people getting killed. If the dog dies, I'm turning it off. Mm -hmm. That's a common one. Um, I think you and I uh, agree on this. We're not we're not fans of uh, depictions of sexual assault. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of kids. Um, I know you're not too. Uh, of kids getting killed, which yeah. is actually more uh, about that in in one of my uh, stories coming up in ah, movies. Okay. Um, so I would say those were my thresholds, and I, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sure there are some boundaries out there that I have not uh, I have not um, discovered yet. I, I don't like I don't like things going into people's eyes. Yeah. Like yeah. in Terminator Two, there's a th part where like. Uh, uh, out of uh, the T two thousand, a spike comes mm -hmm. out of his finger and goes through somebody's eye. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm with you on all of those, and I also would include uh, prolonged imagery of people suffering. Yeah, like if they if they linger on the. I don't care if somebody gets you know, I t I can watch people get shot in action mm -hmm. movies. I can watch stuff like that, but if they show the person in real pain for longer than five seconds, you know what movie I uh, what was very tough to watch for me in that respect. I was going to ask you what your most disturbing movie you ever saw was. Well, I wouldn't say most disturbing, but when it came to prolonged suffering, and I apologize to my 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 Christian friends out there, <laughs> I felt the 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 Passion of the Christ was a bit gratuitously violent. It was very very intense. And I know that Mel Gibson. Well. Mel Gibson could have just been going through a manic episode, but what people were saying <laughs> was that Mel Gibson wanted to uh, give you a raw depiction of of the suffering that Jesus went through mm -hmm. um, being crucified. But I, I thought it was a bit much, personally. Yeah, it's it's a little more intense than hearing it uh, from somebody on the pulpit there. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you. I wouldn't I wouldn't take children to see that yeah. movie. I I had difficulty watching it myself, certainly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, the T two thousand. I did love Terminator two, but that part <laughs> where he put his, uh, where he put his uh, finger uh, uh, spike through the guy's did eye. Did it go right through the eye? I, I can't. It remember. did. It was like slowly. Okay. Yeah. Well, well that's horrible. What about you, Richard? Uh, I have to say, there was a movie called The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. Uh, that I saw maybe about fifteen years ago now. A girl I was dating couldn't watch it for. Um, one of the reasons that we mentioned listed, earlier. Yeah. yeah, That one was just way too intense for me. And after I saw that, I got out of the theater and I was nervous for what what it could portend for films in the future. Right. It's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. You know, if people are fine with, with watching sexual assault, um, then it might become normalized through. Yeah. Yeah. 
That would that would bother me. Yeah. But I have to say, I mean, I pay the money to see a movie that I want to. I don't have to go see those movies. I right. still Nobody's forcing me to see them. Right. So, and I mean, the horror genre is always kind of pushing yeah. the, but it seems like there kind of is an unwritten code. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, children in danger. Now, Richard, you have not seen Stranger Things. Just the first few episodes. And you weren't a fan of it because, was it because you, you were nervous for the children in it or what? I did like it. As an uncle, it did make me nervous because anytime there's a missing child, mm -hmm. that uh, gets my anxiety ramped up. Well, the uh, my wife Chelsea and I, um, we had a fire stick that was uh, malfunctioning. Oh, dear. And so we've been out of the Netflix game for quite a while. Mm. And we got it back just in time for Stranger Things. And okay. and I've loved all the seasons. I forget how great of television it really is. And and to me, every season's better uh, than, the, than the last one. Oh, you one. think so? Each one has gotten, in, you would say, it's increased in quality. Yeah. And, wow. And, um, but the thing is, the... the the seasons are so far between, I forget about how much I liked it. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you know, I, I, I with all this time that's gone th uh, gone between seasons, they're in their fourth season, I'm surprised these kids aren't like 50 yet. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, yeah, it started in like 2016. Yeah. But. The kids, the kids now, like the, the the young kids are in their 20s and they're still playing young high schoolers. And then the, the older kids who are playing older high schoolers, they're like in their 30s. Mm. Uh, so I think there's like five more years where you can like buy that these that that these young adults are kids. Oh, you'll give them five more years? I think huh? so, yeah. I mean, wow. because the 30-year-olds, I believe them as older high school kids. So. Okay. Um, but... And I thought this was going to get a lot more backlash, but it but it hasn't. Stranger Things actually had to add a disclaimer to season four after Uvalde school shooting. They thought that the uh, depictions, the things that were going on mm. in the beginning of the sea, uh, the the very first scene, might have been too reminiscent of a of a high school or oh. a school shooting. And uh, I have to say, I think it was the right move because. Um, Watching it with everything that that's going on, it is quite jarring, and it does remind you of it. Now, you know, Stranger Things. It's not their fault. You know, this was this was shot um, a year or so before it happened. But on the other hand, these are so these are so these are becoming so common now. Yes, that you're never too far away from a school shooting and, and depicting. Um, children in in danger and 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 uh, suffering great bodily harm uh is always you're never a few months away from it being a, a touchy subject mm -hmm. and i really thought that the old the, the whole f your feelings crowd were, were gonna you know call this uh snowflake uh um behavior but they really haven't and i think hmm. that anyone who watches it knows that uh stranger things made the the right choice yeah, and you can't go wrong with putting a disclaimer on something. Honestly, there's some things I, I don't think you can be too sensitive towards it. And and children in danger after school shootings, I think, is one of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and then another uh, another thing that I was glad to uh, have gotten Netflix back in time. Uh, Rich, you and I are big fans of Norm MacDonald, the, oh, late, the yeah. late Norm MacDonald. Yes. One of my my favorite SNL joke of all time. I don't know if I, I don't know if you know this. Uh, a little trivia. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Does it have to do with the holidays? Yes, it does. All right. It's the one <laughs> where uh, he says, <clears throat> "This is my best Norm Macdonald." 
Uh, Kenny G put out a Christmas album. <laughs> hey, happy birthday, Jesus. Hope you like crap. Right. And, of course, they kind of did a take of that on The Office when Michael Scott said, happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party is so lame. Mm-hmm. Well, he actually is still alive. <laughs> I wish. Holy smokes. He lives he Uh-oh. lives on he lives on through his new Netflix special. Oh, okay. Which he shot in his living room. Um wow. in the summer of 2020, he had had he had been diagnosed with cancer and he had a stand-up special ready to go, but since, you know, COVID happened, he wasn't able to take it out on the road. Mm-hmm. So he was having a procedure having to do with his cancer in the summer of 2020 and he literally shot this. It looks like it's on Zoom. Cool. In his living room the night before the procedure in case things went south and he wow. didn't want he didn't want it to uh, he didn't want to leave anything on the table. Oh my goodness. Um he actually got through the procedure and was healthy for a while until mm-hmm. he ultimately passed away um, in September of 2021, but um, I think that just kind of speaks to the 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 uh, uh, subversive counterculture genius that that norm mcdonald is yeah and i i couldn't bring myself to watch the stand-up but at the end there was a half hour with david spade uh conan o'brien adam sandler molly shannon dave chappelle and david letterman holy cow sitting in in a room just talking about him and number one it was really cool seeing david letterman and conan o'brien a couple of titans of of late night um remembering him Mm -hmm. um dave chappelle loved him like a brother you had his friends uh david spade and adam sandler they all worked they were all tight ever since snl right oh yeah sitting around talking about him Mm -hmm. and what i like i always felt like norm mcdonald was kind of underrated in his day Mm -hmm. but it's great to see all these like really successful comedians talk about the genius of him now let me ask you sure why couldn't you bring yourself to watch the stand-up? I don't know. Um, Is it because it's his last finalized thing that he ever contributed to comedy? I think so. Okay. Um, I get that. I watched about the first five minutes, and it was it was odd without uh, an audience, which they talked about a oh, lot. Oh, okay. I can see where there'd be a little bit of cognitive dissonance right. there. But I guess he does talk about um, mortality. Hmm. And the thing about Norm MacDonald, he did probably what I would do. If I got a terminal diagnosis, nobody knew about it. Uh, yes. None of his friends. And, and one thing they all said was, "I, you know, we didn't get to say goodbye because nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me because when you're sick, that's what you become. You become your sickness. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, you know, God forbid someone's got cancer, every time you see that person, you're thinking about their cancer. And then mm-hmm. the way you interact with them changes. So... I can see why he. I, I I could see why he made that made that choice. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Their identity is cancer. Right. And gotcha. then you know people are, are give you their sympathies and they just don't. You know I I can see if I'm with my friends I want to hang out with my friends and kind of forget about mm-hmm. the diagnosis. You don't it, want to be defined by the disease. Right. Yeah. And then they 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 went back and they were saying you know uh, last tour we went he like was oddly sentimental and emotional they're all kind of putting it together but i thought it was great and really it was a bunch of comedians sitting around not trying to be funny Mm -hmm. they were just talking about the art of stand-up the art of comedy and 
you know, humor is an intelligence. So they were just having a very intelligent conversation about Norm Macdonald and the and the craft. And even if you don't like Norm Macdonald's stand up, I would say watch that last half hour. It's a fan. It's a fascinating watch. Well, it certainly sounds like it to think of all of those, as you put it, titans in one room, all mm-hmm. of that talent, all of those people who are used to trying to solicit laughs being people who decided to not be on Mm -hmm. at that given time, that would be truly special to see, to see them as people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just really interesting to see comedians just kind of drop, drop the wall and just be vulnerable. Absolutely. All right, Rich Meister, next topic. Well, Michael, you know, I I have to say people uh, like to travel, don't they? Uh, not me particularly. Yeah. But it's... I don't want to fly over water. <laughs> no, I don't either. My two fears are plane crashes and the ocean, so I would need a Xanax. Oh, I don't blame for you. For sure. Well, you may have actually been to this place that I'm going to bring up now. Uh, have you been to Qu- to Quaminon Falls? Uh, when I was a really small child, yes. Okay. Now, did you have to take a rowboat to see it, or do you even remember? I don't think so. I think I kept asking my dad if this was Niagara Falls, and he kept saying no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, apparently a controversial bridge has been uh, constructed uh, that connects the shoreline to wherever the falls fall. Okay. <laughs> and people are complaining that it's obstructing the view of the falls and that it takes away from the romanticism of getting in a rowboat and visiting the falls. Yeah, that sounds highly dangerous. Well, yeah. the uh, You know, I don't know how big this place is because I've never been yeah. there. I think it might be a little more quaint than I'm picturing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they said that the folks who put up the, the bridge say that it was designed for people who were uh, um, disabled right. so that they could have access to go see the beauty of the falls, which I agree with. I think that's a good thing. They might not have arms so they can't row a boat, perhaps. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. So a bridge is a perfectly good way for them to be able to see the falls. Uh, I just wondered, are there places in Michigan, this is one of the places I've always wanted to see, mm-hmm. and I've never been able to go there. What places in Michigan, specifically the state, uh, haven't you been to that you would like to visit? Well, Richard, one that comes to our uh, comes to my <laughs> mind is a little place near Alpena called Dinosaur Gardens. Yeah, oh yeah. Isn't there some kind of like Bible hotel? Uh, uh, Jesus music? Land. There's or Jesus, like that. right? Yeah. So you got so in this little <laughs> this little uh, part of Alpena, you've got your dinosaurs. And then you got your biblical, and then you could pick which history you want to learn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go by intelligent design? Right. Want, oh, that's funny. What a good point that is. Michael. And the thing is, I, I we've looked these pla- this place up lo- online, both of them, both Dinosaur Gardens and Jesus Land, mm-hmm. and both look absolutely terrifying. <laughs> as intrigued as I am by Dinosaur Gardens, mm-hmm. which I've never been to, I've, I've had people in my family who've gone. Uh, there's another place, uh, oddly enough, that features dinosaurs that I'd like to see. Oh? In the Irish Hills. That's that abandoned oh, dinosaur Oh, I've park. been there. You've been there? It's like an episode of Scooby-Doo, yeah. Did you go in and see all the, the decaying dinosaurs Kind of, okay, yeah. There, tell th- me about this. Yeah, there's- uh, I'm all ears. There, there's a, I don't know if it's called Dinosaur Gardens, but it's- uh, it's uh, I don't know if this place franchised like prehistoric park or something yeah. like that. Well, back in the day, the Irish Hills out by Jackson was like a big vacation spot, and a lot of it now is like really dilapidated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we uh, 
we found the place. We uh, got to the uh, parking lot, which is just dirt, and it's kind of overgrown. Mm-hmm. And uh, just past the gate, there's a couple of dinosaurs, and uh, <laughs> they're just kind of sitting there. Okay. It's like the, the land that time forgot. That is so cool. Yeah. There used to be a mystery spot in the oh, Irish Hills. Oh, did there? Yeah. Okay. You ever you ever hear, hear of the mystery spot? Yeah, I went to the one that's closer to uh, Mackinac Brit. Island. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. The bridge. The other place I would like to see, it's because uh, uh, my wife's brother and his wife moved up to Marquette. There's two places. Uh, I would like to uh, go up the mountain you drive. I don't I, I don't really want to climb the mountain, but I like to drive up the mountain that you drive. Sure. And there's a old hotel called the Landmark Inn, I mm. believe what it's called. Uh, hold on. Let me Google that. The Landmark Inn. Wait a minute. Mark Inn. Is this what I'm thinking of where you experienced that supernatural encounter? N- no. That, oh, okay. Which encounter are you talking about? I recall you waking up. Oh, this was in that was in Virginia Beach. Oh, okay. yeah, All we right. stayed Never in a mind. haunted, uh, we stayed in a haunted cabin in, in in Virginia Beach, and that was not fun. But Landmark Inn is it's like an old hotel that's supposedly haunted, like a bunch of, uh, you know, back before there were big cities. It's where a lot of uh, Hollywood elite would hmm. go hang out, and it's just this old-looking hotel with a rooftop bar in Marquette, and uh, it looks really cool. Huh. So we were there a couple years ago uh, to visit, and I thought it looked really cool, and uh, so that would be my other okay. uh, place in Michigan. Cool. What about you? Was that, was that all? You know, I, I like going to all the lighthouses, too, along oh, the yeah. west coast of, of, of Michigan. I'd like to get to Copper Harbor sometime. And also, I think uh, Traverse City. I know it sounds so pedestrian, oh, but I've never, never been to Traverse been. City. Oh, I'd love, like to go. I'd love to take you to Traverse City. Oh. By the way, a bucket list place that I need to take you to uh-huh. is the last remaining Ruby Tuesdays in Canton. Oh, now that I'd like They've to go to. They've got a hell of a salad bar. I'd like to go to that. It changed my life. My goodness, I'd like to go to yeah, that. Yeah, so we'll get that done. Okay. If we don't make it to Dinosaur Gardens this summer, which we're still hoping to. Sure. At least we'll make it to um, the, uh, the, the Canton Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, it's still quite early in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just past Memorial Day. It's- also, I'd like to go and go on a tour of old movie palaces throughout the uh, state of Michigan. Ooh, that'd be cool. And I can't find, you know, I don't know anybody who would want to be willing to do that because they might think it's kind of boring. But I'll go. Thank you. I think it would be great fun. Where are some old movie palaces? Well, there's one in Burton. Okay. Um, there's one in, uh, oh, where is it? I think uh, Ypsilanti. There's one. There's a couple up north that I'd really like to go see. Uh, there's some in the, I think there might be one or two in the Upper Peninsula. I'm fascinated by these places that were around since the 20s, yeah. where they used to show silent pictures. Uh, was the Fox Theater an old movie palace? Yes, it was. Yes, but you've been to that one, mm-hmm. and it's not abandoned. That was before they had. That was back when all the studios owned theaters. And then the government said you're violating antitrust laws, and they would only show twentieth century Fox. It was nineteenth century Fox back then. <laughs> yeah, um, you just sparked another one talking about old places in Traverse City, um, the old psychiatric hospital. Oh, which is supposed to be very haunted, but mm-hmm. now it's a collection of some very charming shops and restaurants. <laughs> okay, um, but a big part of the. Asylum is still intact. 
intact wow. and all the tunnels and stuff and, and and it's not uh it's not inhabited they do tours but they're like 50 bucks oh wow so it's bit, cost prohibitive it's a bit pricey yeah but all those sound like great ideas um john hinckley jr Oh, yeah. The guy who shot Ronald Reagan back in 1981. To impress uh, Jodie Foster, if That's I right. correctly. I don't think it worked. No. Um, <laughs> he is being granted Dave, you suck. full freedom. Thoughts and prayers, Dave. Uh, he is being granted full freedom by a judge wow. on Wednesday um, because um, I guess he has been in and out of psychiatric hospitals, mm. and the judge says that he no longer uh, poses a threat. He's been out for a couple of years. In 2016, he was released from the psychiatric hospital, uh, and he was mm. allowed to move into a gated community to care for his elderly mother who died in August of 2021. Uh. I don't know. I, I, I feel like if you make an attempt on a president's life, I think you shouldn't get out of jail. Or the psychiatric hospital ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm usually not for stiffer penalties based on like who the victim is, but there are some really severe geopolitical global uh, yeah. consequences for trying to take out a president. And I'm also not a fan of making an example out of any out of somebody. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe you need to make an example out of someone who tries to shoot a president, saying. If you survive the Secret Service defense, you're not you're never getting out of jail. This this, this is odd to me. Yeah, there was a whole there was a whole bill uh, created, a whole law made, I think, because of him, the Brady Bill, if I recall, because Reagan took a bullet, but his Secret Service person was really messed up for life. Real, like yeah. psychologically or physically or both? Physically. Well, I, I assume psychologically, yeah. too, as a result. I'm trying to remember. It was obviously his last name was Brady. Yeah. But he he really suffered. So, I, I mean, I feel bad for Ronald Reagan, obviously, and, and the family. But that one guy, that Secret Service guy who took the bullet and actually lived up to his job. Because, I mean, how many times do we <laughs> do you actually hear of, you know, these secrets and maybe we don't right maybe they keep it from us right this was a very public uh example of one of them literally taking a bullet for the president right the the ultimate uh the ultimate calling of the job Mm -hmm. what so what did the brady bill i mean what what did it put into law i think there was more restrictions i wish i could tell you specifically but i know that it was i know that it was passed and that it was particularly interesting to come from uh, a conservative uh, uh, group because we don't really tend to think of them as being more, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, with the NRA and all of that. Right, more gun restrictions. But this was in the early '80s, so maybe things were a little different. Right back then, I, I right. That's know. back when people were, were willing to compromise, sure, and not go into their corners. I wish I was better informed. I know Reagan actually got along with a lot of Democrats too. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but there there is some hope of, of something getting done with gun legislation. Oh, good. Mitch McConnell, of all people. The uh, Senate Minority Leader, yeah, I think the Republicans are the minority. The Senate Minority Leader, um, he ordered um, John Cornyn, the Republican senator from Texas, mm. who obviously that's where that terrible mm-hmm. uh, elementary school shooting took place, mm-hmm. and Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, 
unfortunately, the, the, the place where Sandy Hook took place, mm-hmm. um, he ordered them to sit down and try to come up with some kind of bipartisan framework oh, cool. um, for, quote-unquote, common sense gun, gun reform, um, some of which I outlined on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. So, and hopefully it's sincere. Hopefully it's not just, um, you know, some posturing before the two-week break and we all forget about it. Right. But, uh, right. You know, the fact that Mitch McConnell, a guy I've not been a fan of in the past, sure. ordered this, maybe it's hopeful. Yeah, good for him. So uh, why don't you take us home with the last uh, topic there, Richard? Go on and pick your favorite. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad we can uh, end on this one. This is a fun one. Uh, the best soda and snack pairing oh. from a vending machine connoisseur. Oh, we're going to need another hour. Yeah. And it was this nice, this young gal who, uh, when she used to do ballet lessons, her mom would drop her off, mm-hmm. and she'd be stuck at this place, and the only food she had were vending machines and a pop machine. <laughs> that does not sound healthy. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Especially when you think for somebody who's doing ballet. But anyway, Right, but if you're a kid, you don't care. Right. <laughs> so anyway, she started experimenting with all of these uh, foods, and she came up with these these ones that I actually agree with, I have to say. I'm going to tell you my two favorite. Okay. And feel free to share share yours. Maybe they're on the list. Sure. Number one, Fritos and Mountain Dew. Ooh, I could see that. It's a fine pairing. Um, Reese's Pieces and Cherry Coke. Gosh, you're not far off from okay. the kind of stuff that she says. Here. All right. Okay, her first one is Snyder's Pretzels and Pepsi. Okay. She says, yes, this has to be Pepsi, not Coke. The extra sugary syrup in Pepsi really highlights the salt on the pretzels. Wow, that's like science. Yeah, and I can understand that because Pepsi is a little bit sweeter. Yeah, I think it would also go good, uh, pair well with a root beer. I would agree. Yeah. Now this one, Cheez-Its and Cherry Coke. Okay. Again, yes, this has to be Cherry Coke, not Wild Cherry Pepsi, the bite the bite in Coke brings out the cheddar and the crackers, she says. See, now, Richard, you are a sensual man of nuance. It's <laughs> on my resume. And, right, actually, it's on your business card. Right. Um, so you notice stuff like that. If you put Coke or Pepsi in front of me and I was blindfolded, I don't think I could tell the difference. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I could for sure. I'd like to think I would, but I don't think I would. Uh, I think you'd be able to. Thanks for having faith in me. I do. Planters, salted peanuts, and Mountain Dew. You Obviously, you can't do the peanuts. No, I can do peanuts. Oh, that's right, because it's a lagoon. Yes, very good, Richard. Thank you. And she says that's pure radioactive power of the dew that helps uh, balance between the, the saltiness of the peanuts. Peanuts. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Because you're naughty. <laughs> You know, Richard, in the South. I can't do this anymore. You know, Richard, in the South, uh, they would put their peanuts in Coca-Cola, yeah. so that they, 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 you know, working in the mines or the fields, they have dirty hands, so they could just drink the Coke and and just have the peanuts without having to handle, without having to handle their peanuts, and make them go blind. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Twizzlers and Sunkiss. Okay. This was a different one. She says the Sunkiss is somehow the most natural tasting of all mass-produced orange sodas. The bright citrus flavor cuts the gummy sweetness of the Twizzler. Wow. This this young lady needs to be like a chef. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And she says she compares it to people who who pair wine with right. different types of cheese. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as someone who's not a fan of wine and can't eat cheese... Um, I, I appreciate that guy. Sure. You know, I probably wouldn't do the Twizzlers. You know, I'm not a big Twizzlers guy, but the other stuff sounds pretty good. You're not a Twizzlers guy, but you like when I bring that Amish licorice. You enjoy that. Yes. 
from the real salt of the earth people. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, probably because they don't have those machines. They, I, I, I don't know how the Amish make licorice. I don't know if they have like a, like a printing press. Yeah, or, how do they mass produce it? Or if it's like a, like churning butter. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but uh, look at that. We're out of time, and we didn't even we didn't even need Dave. I'm no kidding. I'm going to yeah. call off that uh, Coast Guard trip. Dave, you suck. To that uh, island out in uh, Lake Huron. Uh, we don't need to divert oh, away. Oh, I already did that. Yeah, we don't need to divert away. Pre- uh, uh, <laughs> Valuable resources. <laughs> they could be out looking for somebody else. Yeah, he'll figure it out. Oh, all know. right. Well, we will be back next week with Dave. Maybe if not, um, well, then it'll be just us. So, thanks for listening. Bye. Peace out.